I'm Jeff Gibson. And I'm Shanna Paxton. And we are the, the Movie, Movie Lovers. Lovers. Welcome. Uh, hello. To the official podcast of the Gibson Review. In this episode, we will be doing our main review of Avatar The Way of the Water. The Way of Water. Gotta get the does right. Alright, <laughs> let's get into that review. from the trailer to avatar the way of water that song is going to be stuck in my head for like three weeks oh i can tell i already forgot it when we wow (laughs) jeff is gonna when we review jeff is usually pretty neutral until it's time to talk about the problems but today that might be a little different seeing as how he's starting off being salty right from the (laughs) get-go We start off with talking about what was good about a movie usually. Yeah, what strengths were, what what was what was positive about a movie, and then move on to Positive. <laughs> the bad. What sucked about a movie. Only later. What were its flaws? After talking about the positive. Then we weigh whether or not the good outweighs the bad, and then After move... we talk about both. Grade the movie and move on to spoilers and final thoughts. All right. So this is Avatar The Way of Water. This is a quasi-anticipated movie by James Cameron. It's it's kind of one of those things where 
everybody was anticipating it way back in 2010 when you said it was coming in 2012 and then it got booted to 2014 people were still kind of anticipating it and oh, then 2012 yeah and then it didn't no. come and everybody forgot about it and most of culture forgot about the highest grossing movie of all time which is avatar and now talk over the past year started coming of this movie finally being released and now people care again this movie is actually written by several people. I was I, I was kind of curious if that's different from the first one. We'll have to look at that. This is uh, James Cameron, Rick Jaffa, Amanda Silver, Josh Friedman came up with the story along with Shane Salerno and James Cameron. It stars, again, Sam Worthington, Zoe Saldana, Sigourney Weaver, Stephen Lane, with the addition of Kate Winslet, Cliff Curtis, uh, Joel David Moore actually comes back too, CCH Pounder, Edie Falco, and more show up in this film. The plot is Jake Sully lives with his newfound family formed on the extrasolar moon Pandora. Once a familiar threat returns to finish what was previously started... Jake must work with Natiri and the army of the Navi race to protect their home. Sort of. That's sort of what it's about. All right, Shannon. So, I don't know that we've talked a lot about 2009's Avatar in the podcast. Why don't you kind of first start off with uh, sharing your thoughts about the movie? Do you remember it strongly, fondly? Is it a movie you... Oh, the first one. Yeah. Do you watch it often? Do you have no memory of any of the names prior to watching this movie? No, this or is a, a, a huge investment of time. Uh, any Avatar movie, oh, we yes. can say that now, is yes. a huge investment of time. Yes. Uh, it, it came when I was in maybe my third or fourth year of university. And so I think it was fourth. Wow. And so it was, it was pretty cool seeing... You know, I had learned to start identifying concepts and... St- uh, st- elements of storytelling and so seeing avatar after learning all that stuff in university was kind of cool i enjoyed it i think i saw it three times in the cinema which is about the right amount for for that did you watch it in 3d every time no 3d wasn't easily accessible in south africa so did you never see it in 3d no i never saw it in 3d wow you never saw it as it was intended to be seen then no oh wow i'm pretty sure that I am remembering correctly. Okay. I was watching it for all the story beats, and I like the idea, you know, coming out of apartheid, South Africa, it was nice to see something that was sci-fi that was dealing with, you know, taking over a territory that belongs to others, so colonizing. So getting that concept out there was really great for me because I could then understand it a little more fully. Mm. I don't watch it very often. Uh, I think it's definitely a cinema thing. That's one of those movies, one of the only movies where I'm like, I don't necessarily need to watch it beyond the cinema mm-hmm. because it's such a unique cinema experience. But when it came out in the cinema a couple months ago, I didn't feel the need to go watch it. Oh, yeah. I forgot it had a re-release. And I think it's a really great movie. It's really good. I think everyone needs to watch it at least once or twice. And I watched it with our son. And uh, 
that was a few years ago and there was so much that I had forgotten about. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I like the movie. Yeah. I don't love it. It's but you not, think it's really great. I think it's a really great film. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, in <clears throat> 2009, it's been 13 years. At the time, it came out at the end of 2009. Went into uh, the first couple months of 2010. Huge box office take. That's the the big thing. Is it surpassed every single movie? It surpassed James Cameron's own Titanic. Became the biggest box office uh, earner uh, in, ever. And I did see it in the theater with 3d more than once because i think i went with my partner at the times family too saw it in 3d and everybody was talking about the 3d part and the aspect of it and how revolutionary it was my perspective was the 3d was an improvement on what we've seen before but wasn't spectacular like i especially in the first half of the movie i distinctly remember having some focus issues where it would shift focus on who we're supposed to be looking at mm. and it really kind of being an issue and i know a lot of other people had issues just in general with being able to handle 3d uh glasses uh, for various reasons for me what was impressive about the movie you know i'm i'm i'm, James, I'm a huge james cameron fan and, and everything i love him and he has a, a, a solid filmography but what I thought was impressive about the first Avatar was not so much the 3D as much as the visual effects. Of course, he really helped move the needle on the uh, motion capture technology. He made it so you could actually see it right after it's being shot, what it would look like, or at least a version of what it would look like as it was being shot. And... He always, when it comes to visual effects or special effects, he always spares no expense and is really pushing the envelope. And that was the case with the first Avatar film. And he's always great for spectacle as well. And the first Avatar film had some really great moments, action moments, uh, had, had a lot of thrilling uh, scenes throughout it. However, it's also like... Uh, Cameron's worst script. Did he write the? Can you look for me? Did he write the original Avatar script, uh, or did he have help with that? I found that the original Avatar's script was very basic. It is somewhat simplistic. I mean, it's like about people trying to get a natural resource called unobtainium, for crying out loud, you know. Yeah, so he was the sole writer of the, of the first Avatar, and I'm so glad he got help with uh, the sequel. We'll talk more about that in this because the dialogue was really rough, and in spots in the first Avatar, you had the simplicity of unobtainium and the ridiculousness of that. You had a lot of people saw it as basically like Dances with Wolves and some other movie I can't remember, kind of blended together. And how, like, the white man joins the native race and becomes the best of the best of everything. And I get that. I saw what I appreciated out of the script, what little I did appreciate out of the script was I saw parables to current or recent 
political events. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. there is a a scene in the first movie where a giant monument, so to speak, is shot down or taken down mm. by oh, outsiders. And you see people die and stuff. And that was reminiscent to me very much of 9-11. And the whole natural resource aspect of it seemed very much like, especially since the military was involved, seemed very much to have shades of the Iraqi war in it. Mm. You know, so it was a good sci-fi film because it was reflecting back society at the time. And yet, I'm the only one that seemed to have seen it that way because everybody talks about the whole Pocahontas Dances with Wolves aspect of it. And so I saw these in the script, and I appreciated those. But there's so many things I had issues with with the script. I think it's um, ultimately Cameron's weakest film. So it's not a movie I return to. It seems like pop culture mostly have forgotten it. Most people couldn't even name the alien race, let alone the hero's uh, names or the villain's name. Could you name any of those before watching this movie? No, and I, I, I do think that's a strange phenomenon. Because so many people saw the film? Yeah, so many people were so excited about the film, different ages all mm. across the spectrum. And I don't know why it has that, why it has that issue. Maybe mm. it's just too far removed from us you know it's easy to remember a name like Darth Vader but why is it not easy to remember something like the Navi or Jake Sully yeah yeah it's a pretty generic freaking name Mm -hmm. it should be pretty easy to remember I mean maybe that's the, the problem I don't know maybe it doesn't stand out enough in our memories so I was not at this point 13 years later I wasn't excited about the sequel anymore i didn't necessarily have i was never really fully enraptured with the world that james cameron had created with avatar as opposed to the world he created with terminator right so hearing that he wants five films of avatar and stuff i'm like jesus you know how much time do you have left in in the world cameron like you're gonna devote your the rest of your life to this okay I feel like watching, and I know we're going to get to this, but watching the sequel, I feel like I know which direction and which themes we might tackle. Yes, let's get into, let's let's try to remember to get into that a little bit later. So even watching the trailers, neither of us were very excited about the film. We couldn't get thrilled. I was excited about how water would be depicted and filmed and used. I was excited about that. Similarly, what I got from the trailers was, well, at least it'll be a beautiful film. Mm. We'll see if it's an interesting story. So, Mm -hmm. Shanna, let's get into the sequel. Avatar, The Way of Water. Did this in any way exceed expectations that you might have had based on the first film? What was good about Avatar The Way of Water? So here's how I approached the movie because the only thing I was really excited about was the water and Zoe Saldana. So I'm a huge fan of her and anytime she's in something, I lose my fucking marbles. (laughs) So whether it's just a a short-lived role where she gets killed (laughs) or if she's the star of the show. Mm. Uh, I love seeing her. I think she's amazing. I remember her from... I think it's called Center Stage. It was a ballet movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I was like, I 
great. Like her. Yeah. I've never seen that movie, but I remember it. Yeah, she was she has always had fantastic facial expressions mm. and and great at using her body, her face either in an overexpressive or sparing way to communicate the story. So I've always loved seeing her. I thought she was great as per usual. Mm. So she exceeded my expectations there. And I I guess my expectations were exceeded because I had so little with the rest of the film. I thought the story was unexpected. It dealt with family in such a beautiful way. I mean, you could have a sequel that just dealt with creating a family together. But instead it was like this beautiful, I guess, 25, 30 minute short film within the film. Mm. And I enjoyed that very much. And then seeing the children come into their own as well was beautiful. Uh, I fell in love with them pretty quickly, so that was mm, nice. Really? Okay. Yeah, especially one, uh, two of three of them. So three out of four is pretty good. The visual effects did not disappoint. There weren't any shots where I was like, oh, no, we ran out of budget there. Right. So yeah. that was great, mm. and everything seemed pretty much plausible. It didn't feel like they were trying to make something impossible fit into a box. Hmm. So that was fine. What did you think? Well, I think first and foremost, the visual effects are really good. I think there are there are shots. I mean, the, the movie starts out with five shots, I believe, getting you back into the world of Pandora and just just getting you to appreciate the majesty and the wonder of this natural world mm, right mm. five shots it takes just looking at different aspects of the world of pandora at the very beginning of the world and i think there are shots like those that are absolutely gorgeous mm-hmm. and i also feel like even with the motion capture performances the, the visual effects around that the cgi it's all very consistent. It, there's not a stumbling moment throughout the film. It all feels relatively real. Mm-hmm. And that is the very least that I expected out of this film. Be based on what happened with Avatar and also knowing James Cameron. You know, I mean, part sure. of the reason why it took so long, if not the main reason, as I understand it, for this movie to come out is because he needed to get the technology created or perfected for underwater motion capture. Mm-hmm. I would I would think that a behind the scenes feature about just that aspect, mm-hmm. you know, 10, 20 minutes about it alone would be fascinating. Mm-hmm. So that is definitely I think the star and the and and the strength of the film. I mean we get completely fictional creatures that almost feel like they're real creatures and you actually have empathy for these creatures Mm -hmm. and it's it's various kinds of creatures in the film right they're actually what remember the dog creatures you don't from the first movie yeah. You don't see them as much in, in this movie, which is a little bit of a surprise. We saw them once, maybe yeah. twice. Yeah, exactly. 
And that was fine because we were, it's a second movie. We were expanding the world. And it, it does do that, which every sequel should do. When every sequel that, that has to do with world building should help us expand our vision of what that world is. It is a planet after all. And so what we've seen in the first film can only represent one aspect, one area of this entire planet. So it does help with that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then, and that's really good. That's really great. I, I think those are strengths of the film. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think, you know, you're right to point out Zoe Saldana because I think she is, uh, in terms of performance, I think she is a strength of the film as well. Mm-hmm. She does a little bit more. She goes back to the well of what she did in the in the last film a lot, which is there's a lot of bellowing, a lot of crying, a lot of ache uh, coming from her in reaction to things happening in the movie. It's very much exactly what happened in the last movie. Well, I'll push back a little. That's that's kind of what we're dealing with. So, like, I don't know what you it's expect what her we're, to do. It's what we're given. It's what we're given. I don't know what and you expect she d- her to do. But to her, she does that well. Mm. She, she does what she, what's asked of her very well. Though I, I'm not sure that anyone could claim they come to to these Avatar movies at this point for the performances. Because I don't necessarily think there's really anyone who's like given a performance of the year or anything in in this film. Uh, it's all servicing the world and and the plot, and the plot is about protecting this family because they come under threat, and to do so we go elsewhere in the world and expand the world and we'll get into more detail about that i suppose a little bit later because honestly the trailers don't tell us really a lot about what happens in this film or what what it's about or even what the main threat in the film is or what the conflict is so yeah yeah we won't get into that yeah, I would say the strengths of the film are the world building and the visual effects and and the interactions with all the different creatures and characters, primarily. Anything else you want to touch on that came to mind before we move on? You know, you said something about like, oh, I don't think the people are going for the performances necessarily. I disagree a little bit. Really? I think that think people... they're dealing with something. I don't know what other people have in their mind, but that doesn't matter to me. I think that the people who are doing all of this acting and movement and trying to imagine inhabiting a different species, I think does deserve credit. And I think that they are doing a marvelous job. And I do like how each character, I do like each character's story. I think that everyone we're coming across is somewhat relatable and, I enjoy the motions that they're going through. Mm. So that's what I have to say about that. I look, uh, yes, there's definitely some studying that the actors had to do and their way of movement and stuff like that and how they move around. But come on, no one's watching an avatar trailer being like, Ooh, I bet that'll be a, a, a performance driver. You know, like no one's like, Ooh, I'm going. I'm going to see that movie because of the the, the performance that 
Sam Worthington's going to give. Uh-huh. Okay, well, <laughs> let's go ahead and move on then. I will note also, uh, I almost forgot, you mentioned uh, something about the budget when talking about the visual effects, sparing no expense. The budget, by the way, was $237 million for this movie. Probably most of that was developing the water filming technology. Yes, a lot of it is. Absolutely. And so now he's made like this new, him and his team have made this new opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, when they're ready to release it. Yes. It does mean, though, that this movie needs to make, not even counting marketing costs, uh, at least bare minimum $450 million to uh, come close to breaking even. Well, and I hope that that works out. And if it doesn't, it'll be interesting to look at, well, let's compare what was going on in the world and what people were craving, com- you know, comparing the first release to the second release, mm. what, what factors were influencing it. How much have they made so far? Oh, actually, I want to correct myself. I was looking at the first movie's budget. Oh. This one is $250 million, so they have to come to $500 million not even counting the marketing budget in order to come close. How much has it made so far? Uh, at time of recording, it has made over $17 million in just over a day's worth. Okay, it's a day. It's a yes. day. It was Thursday's right. numbers, yeah. basically. Okay, we'll have to see what happens. I mean, if they're making, let's just say they're making $10 million on the weekends, on each day of the, the weekend. Okay. They might. So... That would be forty million in total from Thursday through Sunday. Okay, so forty, eighty. They've got to keep steady. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like running a business, you know. They would have to do way more than forty million in opening weekend. They would have to do upwards of a hundred million or more Eek. in the opening weekend to uh, to have a shot. But we'll, but we'll see. Like you said, let's move on to the bad. What didn't work for us about Avatar The Way of Water? What yes, let's do that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have you go first because you are so ready to I mean, share not, that, I'm sure. I'm not chomping at the bit. I'm interested in, in what comes to your mind that were Look, weaknesses. I, I didn't put pressure on this film. And I didn't put pressure on myself to like this film. I went to the restroom three or four times during this film. It wasn't that uh, and many, it but. was it was difficult to figure out. Well, when can I do that? But you know, there was so much happening in the film that there wasn't a chance to sort of step away. But I did anyway. Mm. So I I like when these big films have some sort of pause or some sort of this is clearly you can go do like what a moment you need to, to breathe. Do. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I don't think it had. A lot of that because there was constantly something happening mm. with one of the characters. And we had about eight that we were following. So it's always setting something up for later. Yeah. But it takes its time in setting that up. So you could easily miss two minutes uh, by running to the bathroom and, and be fine in certain areas of the movie. Um, I think you only left like two or three times from my memory. It definitely wasn't more than that. And there was only one time where you came back that that you kind of felt a little bit like you missed something. But at any rate, 
I would say that this is a better script than the first film. But there is there is a certain degree of predictability. Well, sure. That is still yeah. there. This isn't one of Cameron's... Still, with both movies, it's not one of Cameron's most intelligent sci-fi pieces of work in terms of what it's wrestling with. I feel like the character motivations either are a little bit shaky or they're really thin. It's mm. not in service of a grander theme. It's not anything that you really need to chew on or think about or really discuss. It does, it's not a, this movie is not a conversation starter in terms of what is this movie wrestling with and, and um, how does it deal with that, you know? So, unfortunately, you know, unlike things like Terminator 2, unlike you could even say Aliens to, a, to an extent, or other movies uh, he's, he's done, this isn't much of a thinker in terms of truly great sci-fi. This is spectacle, and this is adventure, and this is action. And it, it, it does that much pretty well. But the script still has its issues, here and there there's predictability issues there's stuff that we can get into of whether or not you buy into what the movie is setting up for you about particular characters there's even certain characters who are who are we spend less time with that we're supposed to care about when things happen to them that are thin more thinly drawn than other characters in the movie so there is some of that. And there's there's also stuff that happens with a particular character, a new character, that's like, I don't feel like we know everything that's going on with that character, and I'm not sure if we're supposed to learn more in a future movie or if that's a flaw in this movie, if it's intentional or not. So there's issues with the script still. And that's my biggest uh, complaint so to speak i don't 100 percent agree with you i maybe like 20 percent agree with you i feel like this is a movie that's you know building a new section of this world a new set of characters that we're going to grow with yeah. i think it's a bit of a long game that they're setting up for but it also doesn't feel as setty uppy as all them think about like marvel marvel's had to have tv shows short movies and then a, a movie or two to set up their next phase they had to do that through several different things over several different hour, uh, hours hours and over here he's giving us a movie that's a movie but also setting up things there's a lot, like you said last night oh i have a lot of questions well i have yeah. a lot of questions too but at the same time i'm not feeling like that's too much of a fault with the movie. I feel like we're getting ready for the next movie. And we all know that there's supposed to be four or five. So yeah. I think that this is a patience game. I think uh, that we're extent. not necessarily, that sometimes, you know, we're not necessarily used to because of how we've been spoiled by the one and only Marvel. So I think that we're just playing a different game here and I'm okay with it. I kind of like how they're tackling this 
this way of storytelling in a world where Marvel dominates and I'm going to push back a little bit on the Marvel comparison. You're going to push back on my pushback? (laughs) Yeah, on the Marvel comparison, I think that's a little unfair because each of those things, a lot of them are really self, they they mostly tell self-contained, satisfying stories with these characters. Take, for example, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. It's setting up something with Riri Williams in in the future. Yeah, but, it's a good comparison because it's also a sequel. Yes, but it's also like the stuff with Riri Williams is self-contained to that movie too and satisfying as well. Yeah, but think of the Julia Louis-Dreyfus character. She's coming from yeah, a different show into this. But and there's nothing like that in this film. There's no comparison. There's no character like I feel that like I feel like there's room for comparison here and I feel like there's room for contrast. Fair enough. Was there anything else that bothered you about this movie? Everything moved quickly. Even when there was a moment with uh, Kiri was watching a tiny sea creature slowly dig a hole in the sand. And it was, the problem is it's this beautiful little moment because you're seeing the sunlight rippling through the water onto the little sand tiny mountains essentially Mm -hmm. and you're watching someone appreciating nature and you couldn't even go away then so that's still could you could no it was too pretty (laughs) so (laughs) i told you i was here for the water (laughs) and this is part of that i I like this film i i might watch it again i remember more i'm retaining more information Mm. from this one i guess there's one issue that i might have there's a moment where a clan is visited and something about the leader of that clan i don't know if he just moves differently to everyone else that we've seen up to that point but it felt like his movement wasn't quite right as if Hmm. as if post-production was sped up or budget was lesser for that scene. Something was off there. Maybe he was a little too out of focus. Hmm. Something. Something's not right there. So that's the only other thing I have. Well, let's get into spoilers for this movie because I feel like we have a lot of things to talk about. It'll free us up a little bit here. What Do you you think the good outweighs the bad in this film? Yeah, I think everybody should go watch this. What do you rate it? Uh, maybe a seven. Okay, interesting. What about you? Because I think you like it more than me, but I also give it a seven out of ten. Yes, the good outweighs the bad. If you're going to see this film, I think the the way to see it is in the theater, as Cameron intends, not on your iPad, not on your phone, streaming on, oh, what would it be, Peacock or, um, no, it would be on Disney Plus eventually. Don't don't do it that way for the first time, if ever. Watch this is it. a cinematic and experience. It is. Go if check you it have, out. Yeah, if you have a home theater system, that might be the one exception, you know, with a big screen or projector. But I think that would be the way to see it if you're going to see this film. It's not structurally and script-wise um, mind-blowing. It has its issues. So I give it a 7 out of 10. But, Onto the spoilers. Yeah, I was I was going to say, uh, if you have seen the film, move on, join us. Let's get into the meat and the potatoes of the movie. If you haven't seen the film, take our recommendation as is. Go see it and then uh, come back to us. 
we're going to get into spoilers now for Avatar The Way of Water starting now. All right, Shanna, what's the first thing that comes to mind that you would like to speak to in the, in the movie that you couldn't really before? This was a long film. Mm-hmm. And like you said, some of it's predictable. I'm okay with the level of predictability. You're okay with predictability. With this level of predictability, listen to my words. Okay, okay, okay. all right. Uh, the youngest daughter gets tied up again, and she's like, "I can't believe I'm tied up again," or whatever the word mm-hmm. is. And yes, I yes. just like that she said that. It, it acknowledged helps. it acknowledged the ridiculousness of yes. certain moments, but you know, shit happens. This is a young child; the, the okay. things are going to happen. Uh, all right. So all right. that's why I keep saying, like, oh, even when there's things happening that's predictable, or things that are like, oh, do, do we really need this? It it can be justified. So I think that that's fine. It, it definitely helps calling it out when. In the third act, you're being repetitive of, of uh, things being a certain way, undoing that, going back and doing it again, undoing it, and then finding a new way to create peril. And, and you know, it does, in the third act, it does get repetitive and carry on quite a bit. There's a lot of issues I could speak to in the, in the third act, but there, it helps when they call it out. I like seeing the different clans. Uh, that exist on this world it's kind of the deal with the african continent it's not just one group of black people Mm -hmm. there are several people of several different skin colors skin tones that exist on that continent it's not just one people what was really great i thought about the world building with the clans is it feels like the the navi they live in the forests, and their bodies have, have evolved for the needs of being in the forest. They're mm-hmm. they're big, yes, they're but they're lanky. They're uh, they they feel like they have adapted to the needs of swinging through the trees and other aspects that they they need. The the so water they don't, they don't have big chunky muscle right because they need to be light right they need to be lean. The water tribes, the names of which I do not know, could not tell you at all, they also have their own evolution where their arms are like the their forearms almost have like this broadness to it, almost like a fin to like it. Like fins of sharks, whales, that kind of thing. Yes, and their tails are broader too to mm-hmm. help with... Uh, directorial swimming, almost, uh, almost like acting as though it's a dorsal, not a dorsal, but a a, 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 a fin in the back. A you tail. Know? Yeah. Yeah. But not just a tail, because the yeah. Navi have tails, but like it acts as though it's a fish tail almost, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And those kinds Their of Their eyes things. are different too. We see the double eyelid thing happening. Oh, good yeah. catch, good catch. Those kinds of things, I think, were interesting, and, and I appreciate it, and just, it just made sense, you know? And how the Na'vi, this Na'vi family, who reluctantly gets accepted into this tribe, they have to learn. They also have um, bigger lungs, it seems like, right? So the Na'vi it- have to learn how to breathe. What's awesome is if you think about high school, think about the kids that were doing tennis 
versus the kids that were doing swimming. And the kids that were doing swimming had much bigger arm muscles, shoulders, and chests because of what was required mm. athletically to be able to do swimming. I thoroughly, and that was one of the first things I noticed was like, oh, I love comparing these two because they've adapted. And even the skin color is just slightly different. The blue mm. of uh, the Navi are like much darker so they can blend in with the forest a little better where mm. it's darkness. Uh, and then uh, you know with the water it's lighter because there's light and there's light sand mm. reflection happening a lot so they have to blend in with the water yeah that was really wonderful absolutely and they have their own creatures that they bond with and and ride uh quite quickly through the water and in the air uh too and and you have these whale-like creatures too which have their own sort of culture they aren't just wild animals that are out there they're they're obviously supposed to be binary comparisons to our whales right even how they are um what's the word how they're not revered but respected and loved and appreciated by the the tribes is there's there's definitely some comparisons in the real world there to that so um, however, whales used to be historically hunted by by tribal uh, people, even though it's with respect. Well, and, and in this movie, it's it, that becomes a, a factor mm -hmm. with uh, white imperialists coming in and and hunting them for one element. Mm -hmm. And Spider pointing out like that's so wasteful. You're not even using the rest of the animal spider we didn't even i don't even think we mentioned spider yet no what did you think of the character spider in the film i enjoyed him i there's a lot that i think about it and you know some of it has to do with okay if you're if sure you're physically different but if you're being raised next to the other you're you're gonna become this beautiful balance of both, mm -hmm. which is why I'm always like we don't have to like exclude ourselves from others. We can you know join forces and create stronger, better, kinder humans as we go forward. The actor is Jack Champion, who, from what I can tell, has done mostly bit parts up until this role. Um, and so I think that this role is going to make really push his forward career, make him a star. He's going to be in the Avatar sequels, apparently. Um, and he's also going to appear in Scream 6. He's definitely, you're going to see a lot more of this guy. And I think he's pretty good in the film. Yeah, I enjoyed him. And just the bond between him and Kiri is lovely. They're constantly checking in on each other. It's not a oh, you're not long and lanky like us, we're not going to help you kind of situation. It's, they're, both of them have strengths and weaknesses and they're both checking in on each other as they're going over the ship. Mm. They're communicating like, yeah, take my hand. Yeah, take this. And they're helping each other. So I, I think it's a, it's like a future to strive for, <laughs> honestly. Let's talk about Kiri. The, it was announced that Sigourney Weaver was in this movie. And it's like, well, she died. Uh, how the hell are you going to bring her back and, and make it justified? Mm -hmm. 
they basically have Sigourney Weaver playing a teenager. And yeah, her voice is a little different, but it's there. Her character is a source of a lot of questions that we were alluding to or earlier. Or will be answered. Probably, probably. I'm hoping that's the that's intentional because she seems to have much more of a bond with nature. She seems to have some abilities that other Navi and tribes people don't have. And that... She seems to adapt to whatever world she's going into very easily. She had yeah. a much less of a steep learning curve compared to her siblings. Uh, that's a that's putting it mildly. She had no problems breathing underwater, it seemed. I, and I say breathing because I'm not even sure she was holding her breath. Her mouth would be open and stuff often in the water. And there's no Ah, so she might have been just like a fish converting the There's the molecules. well she doesn't she doesn't grow gills or anything, but mm. like it, it, that isn't necessarily that doesn't explain at all. Like, okay, why is it that she's able to do all this? All and I mean even her how she exists is a little like inexplicable too, because if I understand correctly, Sigourney Weaver had her avatar, which was she would put her consciousness in a Navi-like body. But these aren't, like, actual uh, organic Navi, right? Is that how it's set up in the original film? They're not actual... They didn't, like, possess an actual Navi person. I actually... I can't comment. I don't know 100%. Yeah. Okay. Because they've got five fingers or something. Right. Their fingers are, are uh, shorter digits. Right. But, like, in order for, like, that Navi to... It, it's essentially you are putting your consciousness in that. And, and, like, you're alive. You're tapping through technology into this body, right? And somehow this body became pregnant with Kiri and birthed Kiri inexplicably. The movie does nothing to try to explain that and just, it just comments on it. Well, it's, it's, right? it's not part of this movie. Mm. You don't have to have all the answers but, in one movie. But also, how is it? Okay, so theoretically, if we understand what we understand about what the movie set up, the first movie set up, Jake's body should be still out there around and his, his possessing that, right? No, no, because if you recall, maybe you should have watched the first one again. Maybe. If you recall, they have Jake's body and then Jake's avatar next to each other during a ceremony and his his transference works okay. during a sacred ceremony. But Sigourney Weavers didn't because one was more injured than the other. And yes, I don't remember that's which near the end of the movie, isn't it? Yeah. I kind of vaguely remember that image that you're describing. Uh, so I forgot about that. Because the whole time I'm kind of puzzled, like, well, they're, they literally go to the site that that takes place in the third act where Jake's body was. Shouldn't his body still be in there? And I didn't remember that whole epilogue of the, or the denouement of the last film that explained all that. So thank you for refreshing my memory because that was puzzling me. And okay. So <laughs> then, all mm -hmm. right, maybe you can make sense of this. Okay. They bring back Stephen Lane's mm -hmm. Quatrich. Quaritch, I guess his name is. See, could never remember that name. 
they bring him back by making him Navi. Like, his consciousness is in the Navi, but they say, like, you're not actually him. You have some of his memories, but you have no idea how you died or what happened. Because that, yeah, he was cloned before he died. So he's not going to have that memory. But he's not a clone because he's Navi, right? Well, they use the word clone. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. But a clone would literally be a replication of the physical body. Yeah, but right? if you think of... If you think of other universes that deal with switching consciousness to different bodies, they don't have everything. Which is a different thing than cloning. So I didn't... Okay, did all of that work for you with Quaritch? Did you, like, buy into that five-minute setup? I was fine with it. You saw... You had no... You saw nothing weird about it Look, if we start picking apart all the little loose threads... This is a pretty big element that it wants you to buy into like this guy is back he's the main threat of the Look, film the bigger thing that i'm worried about like, is if six of them show up at once that's a problem because you're because again a clone right yeah okay so here's the thing if you're technically not that guy why the fuck do you care about jake Sully and want to and make your primary mission to kill him if you're not him well, think of the Terminator. It's programming. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Here's the bigger question: Is like, why would you spend so much time, so much money on recloning a military member uh-huh. when there's that risk? When you could just train up someone new and you know feed whatever you need to feed to them to kill the enemy. Also, an excellent so that, question. That is my uh, that that's that's more where I fall on this. That, that I think that is an also an excellent angle uh, to, uh, to this. You know, all this is. It's like the movie needs it for some reason to be Quaritch. All this is is it's one good guy against one bad guy, and they're gonna have this relationship that I hope it's not gonna last for five movies because that will get very tiring very fast. Mm. I hope that something else happens to sort of alternate the route. Well, by it, the by, the end of the third film, it's seeded that some, there might be something there with Spider that that might end up the sh- the focus might shift to the Spider there. We'll see. That would be a little bit of a disappointment because I kind of like Spider and I kind of like yeah, I really like him. The choices he made, he's like. He's a good person, so he saved Quaritch's life, but he's not taking Quaritch's side at all. He still considers himself a part of the Navi community, mm-hmm. right? His loyalties are really there. He was in the situation during like an hour of the film or so because he was forced into the situation, right, that he was in. Well, and even when he was in this forced situation, he was asking questions. And I almost felt like, well, maybe he was double agenting or something where, not necessarily that word, but maybe he was figuring out what's this, how does this system work? Mm. How do they work their machinery, their tools? What's their leadership roles? uh, So that he could go back to who he feels truly connected to and bring that intel with him. I feel is that I feel like that's that direction. I feel like he was starting to be kind of won over by Quaritch until Quaritch did what he did to the tribe, the first tribe. And and then that was crossing a line that he didn't even know that Quaritch was capable of and that Spider could definitely in yeah. no way follow him on. Cuz most of the time his time with him was spent training 
mm-hmm. and teaching him. Yes, yes, a little, yes. Anyway, so the Quaritch thing is is an issue from a predictability. You know, once once, oh god, I don't even know which who is who in this movie. Um, but once the one son bonds with the whale type thing. And he says, I'll see you later. It's like, yeah, you will. You'll see him at the end of the movie. That thing's going to attack the bad guys. I just know it. Yeah, we and saw that with the trailer. Right. That that does. Yeah. That's true. That, it's I, like, oh, okay. Well, maybe the trailer wasn't quite and I, I did kind of wonder. It's like, okay, well, did I find that predictable because I saw it in the trailer? Or would I have found it predictable without the trailer? Just enough beats were given in the trailer. Yeah. Unfortunately, that kind of spoiled the film. Only well, in I would a say sense, only that. But yeah, was there? I, I don't know. I feel like there's there's a lot there's a lot more that we could get into here. Um. Oh, what happened to the tribe in the third act? The the, the there's, there's a whole yeah. Tribe when the did family. they retreat? Yeah, they just just kind of disappeared. They or were off. they were they like following something else and then they went back to the base? Yeah. So there is a lot of stuff that goes missing. There's a lot of issues with the third act, as I mentioned. There's repetitiveness. We keep trying the whole banding thing. I feel like okay, all you have to do is get your hands close to each other, and there's a little claspy thing. You just need one hand to unclasp the bandy thing. I don't think it's an apple watch chef it just looked like it i don't think it is like plastic metal that you could just undo you know i was like just get to each other and undo each other everybody's distracted they're not watching you you know you can free yourselves you don't have to be stuck there (laughs) yeah and then and 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 the thing with the tribe leaving uh disappearing we completely lose track of them yeah there was definitely this is a james cameron film there's definitely outtakes that probably explain all these little things Maybe. like the, the one human who is also an actor in the bones tv show when avatar comes out he oh no joel david Moore. yeah in this show he's like let's set up camp and watch this amazing movie i've heard the footage is great of the documentary or whatever the fuck he's really funny what about him anyway so he says to spider don't forget your spare his oxygen mask. Oh. And I'm like, oh, that's going to come up later. Nothing came of it. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, I'm pretty sure we had little things yeah. ready to go. And this is why I can't say the movie is great. Because there's all these little things that just add up to being like, ah, this isn't... It's it's good. It's fine. It works. But there are issues with it. I think it. they have to try harder for three, four, five. Yes, like definitely. you can't keep coasting. This was a coast, and that's okay because you were building. Sort of. And three, four, five are going to have to be really, really, really top notch. Well, I did see something from James Cameron. He submitted the script for the third film, and the note he got back was "Holy fuck!" So we'll see. Well, that's like we'll see. That's like asking mom and dad to read your draft. And they're like, this That's is not great. at all like that. <laughs> Isn't your mom or dad? They're not, in, 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 uh, you know, unconditionally going to love everything you make. No, that shouldn't be the case at all. But yeah, so hopefully there's something uh, truly spectacular in the third script. And, uh, you know, we had four or five people working on this one and still there's some issues. But uh, that's that's where I fall on that. Do you have any final thoughts you would like to share before we end the episode? So I do have one more thing. I love the evolution of the kids' relationships from the different clans. I like that there was, you know, this tension between them. And then 
almost losing each other's lives or hurting each other really badly and then everything ended up okay. Sure, it's the best case scenario, but I liked it. It all worked with the story and connecting everything together and I like how they had bonded near the end. You reminded me, the two brothers, Mm -hmm. one is the oldest... I told, I told you one was going to die. The other, well, I told, I was like, well, he's got five, four or five kids. He's got plenty <laughs> to spare. <laughs> he's just spare. That's so awful. He's got cannon fodder right that here. So Someone's going to, got to die. But, like, you have the one who's seen, he, his impression is he's always a disappointment. He's always getting in trouble. And we spend the most amount of time with him. Okay? Yeah. The other brother dies. And I'm like, well, but I didn't really get to know him much as a character. You know? Like... I feel Natiri's is it Natiri's as her name? I yeah Natiri's pain as a mother, but like him, I'm not necessarily as sad about because I don't really feel like he was. I don't really feel like he was set up as a strong character. I think he was fine. He's the brother that listens. He's the brother that um, is is the first son so there's some sort of you know strong connection there between daddy and firstborn son and i uh, he's trying to do right by both sides parents and siblings i was fine with it but were you sad that he died did you care that he in particular died I guess not. I would have been really pissed if, mm. like, Kiri died. There you go. Yeah. There okay. you go. Well, there's your factor, hey? Yeah. <laughs> Who can we kill that you care and you don't care about? Well, no, it's better to kill a character that you do care about because then it's more impactful, right? So. I, uh, I felt like this still had an impact. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also, whenever they had image uh, visions with connecting to nature, I still don't get entirely what that is or how that works because. Oh. It's like it's like they're reliving memories, but the mem- but they're not. And I don't know. It's it doesn't. Quite... For me, the one at the end with the parents connecting, and I I mm-hmm. totally understand. Like they were connecting together to see their son, and their son had said, "I want to go home." That was the one yeah. of the last things he said. Yeah, and he is home. Mm. You know, even though he's buried in the ocean. Yeah, he's he is back. Mm. And yeah, but you see him in two different ages in that scene too. And it's just kind of confusing to me. It, does, it lacks oh, clarity. I was fine with it. It's like you're seeing the original memory, mm. and then you're seeing, oh, okay, his spirit is back. Mm. That's how I saw it. All right, fair enough. So much we could keep talking about, but we got to wrap it up. All right. What do you think of Avatar of the Way of the Water? Share your thoughts. Share any criticisms you have of it, what you liked about the movie. What do you agree with that we shared with you? the gibson review at gmail.com that'll do it for this episode of the movie lovers shannon before we talk about the next episode why don't you tell everyone where they can find you online you can find me on instagram shannon paxton photography and on flick chart spellbinding a jeff tell everyone where you can find you wait where, where yeah. you where you find yourself <laughs> others can join you by the way also Edie Falco completely wasted and disappears in this movie you can find me on the gibsonreview.com that's where you can find most of my work that's where you can find past episodes of the podcast and a whole bunch of other things gibsonreview.com follow on social media facebook.com slash the gibsonreview 
the Gibson 99 on Instagram. I do bracket polls there. I'm trying to remember. Oh, yes, we did your favorite journalist movie most recently at time of recording. And Spotlight was your favorite journalist movie, a movie that we love. Definitely check out the results there and how that went on, as well as the upcoming poll, your favorite 1998 movie. Next time on The Movie Lovers, we're going to take a week break. Give us a little bit more time to be able to catch up with whatever we need to catch up with. There's a couple more releases by the end of the year here. So on Tuesday, January 3rd, we will be back with... The year in review episode. We go through a few categories, name our picks for those categories, including worst and best of the year, and talk about our favorite movies from 2022. We look forward to that. Until then, keep loving the movies. This is Jeff and Shanna saying bye-bye.